It's the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I am Dennis Farrell, and my co-host, the man to the north of me, the man who did not want to do this podcast today, the man who said, screw you, the fans, I'm P.D. Williams, and if I don't want a podcast, I don't have to, it's P.D. Williams. How's she going, eh? Did you like that intro? It was great. Um, yeah, but hey, we are here doing it. I know it's important. And uh, we're going to spend, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour together, all of us. Uh, te- One big happy family. Technically, you're recording because it's court-ordered. You're uh, yeah. you're bound by the <laughs> law to have to record with me each week until you work off that, well, you know, we can't talk about it thing. Yeah, it's a civil litigation that we really shouldn't, you shouldn't even have brought it up, but um yeah, I mean, when you have a contract, you have a contract, and so we're doing this. What if I just said nothing the whole podcast? I was just all one word answers. You ask me something. Yep, I don't know. Sounds good. I'd call you like uh, I'd call you CM Punk. I've, <laughs> I've seen I've seen uh, interviews like that before, like uh, David Letterman and uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> you remember that one and. Letterman's trying to interview him, and he's like, eh, I don't know. And at one point, David Letterman's like, well, I um, wish you could have joined us today, Joaquin, but uh, it was so uncomfortable. That, um, maybe I should start doing interviews like that, podcasts and everything like that, but just, to, just to mess with people. You have been for the last year. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I set myself up. But before, uh, we, before we get in the meat and potatoes, I want to do a little house cleaning, some inside uh, baseball here for a second, PD. This weekend coming up, depending on when you listen to it, because this is kind of time sensitive, we're going back to Toronto for the second set of tapings. What would the date be, PD? Um, August 12th and 13th. So that's a Sunday and Monday at the Rebel Plex. Um, I believe uh, last couple of shows started at seven, but I think doors are at like quarter after six ish, maybe six thirty. Um, don't know how many tickets are left, if it's sold out, what the deal is, nothing like that. Um, I just know they announced uh, uh, you know a bunch of matches so far, probably matches that wouldn't uh, give away any storylines because I believe whatever we film, we, we've uh, tonight, which is Thursday. Um, impact is on, right? And next week, impact's on. We already filmed that episode, so now we're kind of getting like a week or so ahead. So they probably announced matches that they could without uh, doing any spoilers. All right. So we're going into the second set of tapings. PD, you tweeted out something over during this week, which we had a lot of great feedback basically said hey tweet my partner Dennis Farrell which is me by the way if you don't know uh we might have a surprise for you if you're going to these tapings we had a good turnout and we're between you and I we're kind of limiting this because uh, what we're about to tell you could get out of control and PD may have to move up to Toronto full-time to honor these obligations but here's the deal Mm. here's the deal folks if if you're going to these tv tapings Bring a sign that says, you know, I love the wrestling perspective, Dennis Farrell and P.D. Williams, or P.D. Williams and Dennis Farrell. We don't care. But just show some admiration that you love our podcast. 
You DM us when you get there, either before or after, depending on how much free time we have. But we will try to coordinate it with you via you know Twitter. If you DM me, Dennis77Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L, or email wrestlingperspective at gmail.com. We will come out, meet you. You'll get to meet PD. He'll sign some stuff, take a picture, kiss a baby, do whatever PD Williams does. Uh, probably due to legal obligations, he won't give you a Canadian Destroyer. But if you ask him nicely, he may put you in a figure four or something, right? Uh, headlock, we usually do. Standing up nice and easy. <laughs> <laughs> but but either way, as a thank you for showing your love for the podcast, we're going, well, we, you don't care about me, obviously. It's it's Petey Williams. A lot. Hey, <laughs> by the you way, you can be in the pictures too. They, I bet you people are like, hey, man, let's all do this together. I'm willing you watch. to, I'm Dennis, willing to bet watch. no. I'm going to bet. I'm taking the pictures as normal. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that. Taking the pictures. <laughs> yes. And by the way, I, I don't know if I sent you this, but there were a couple people who saw your tweet, didn't really listen to the podcast right away, and they're like, I didn't know P.D. Williams had a podcast. I'm like, he tweets about it like three, four times a week. How do you not know? I know. Like, that's that's beyond me. Like, like I'm yeah, many times a week I'm tweeting about the podcast. I, uh, pretty much any interview, if I get a chance to, to say it, I mentioned that I have a podcast. Um, I just did an interview like what a week ago. I think it was you know, before our last podcast. Um, it was like T not TNA flashback, but, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what I can't remember all, all these podcasts and stuff. I can't remember all the names. So you know, I kind of understand people don't remember the name of the podcast, but they're like, oh, PD and Dennis have a podcast. But, uh, yeah, I mention it all the time. So it's beyond me, um, you know, that people don't know I have a podcast that know that I wrestle for impact. So uh, it is what it is. But, yeah, I'm. this is going to be awesome, Dennis, because we'll, we'll see a sign out there. Um, you know, the Wrestling Perspective podcast, uh, DM Dennis, and then we'll get you – you know, uh, back to a quieter area and then we can, you know, take some pictures and all that stuff after the show or whatever the case may be. Maybe if you're at the next show, then maybe before Tuesday's tapings, but we'll make it happen pretty much. Yeah. And it's not, it's not going to be click, click, sign, sign, have a good day. He'll sit there and talk to you for a couple minutes. He's busy. He's got to wrestle and he still has to agent and do some booking stuff. But he's going to take time out of that to come out and meet uh, a his wrestling fans, b his podcast fans, and p I'm kind of excited because I'm going to start watching Impact even more now to see if any of those signs show up in any of the shots. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That, I mean that's 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 a great idea if they're actually going to air it on that on TV because they have that the way it's going to be set up is pretty much like opposite the hard cam. That's where we come out of the you know, the entrance ramp and those people right there, right next to the ramp, there's like, there, there's like stadium seating, like, you know, stands or whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there on camera the entire, like two hours, pretty much. You're getting more FaceTime on TV than I am. Yeah. Or a podcast. So that, thank you <laughs> yeah. to everybody who is going to do the sign thing. We had a bunch of people reach out. Several people are really excited. They're like, I've been Petey Williams fan. I've never got a chance to meet him. I'm bringing my wife to our first wrestling show. I'm like, hey, listen, all it takes is a sign. You make a sign, PD will sign your wife. And you know, and you know what else is beyond me? There's still people out there that haven't met me. I, I feel like I've met everybody that's a PD Williams fan. So, 
All uh, I think four eventually, of them. Yeah, all, all both of them. <laughs> um, and I think eventually I'll get to all of them. No, it's it's it's, it's exciting for me. Uh, for you know, just to even have my name on a sign at an impact show, like if if people hold them up, I'm gonna be like off to the side trying to take pictures of the ring and the wrestlers and the sign in the background. I'm I'm really excited about this. Yeah, and you know, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure you came up with the name of the show, the Wrestling Perspective. I'm almost 100% positive that was the case. I know we were throwing stuff back and forth and all that until you said, you know, the wrestling perspective. And we're like, yeah, that, that, that has a good ring to it. That's good. It's not taken, which is even uh, – <laughs> do you remember some of the names that we wanted to go with? Oh, my gosh. Half of them were taking, taken, but some of them were, like, really bad. And I think I even had to sell you a little bit on it. Like, dude, we've gone through every wrestling, you know, word in the lexicon verbiage. We put every yep. word together and either it sounds bad or it's taken. I'm like, what about the turnbuckle power bomb podcast our friends? And taken, like, taken, taken. Yep. I think my favorite was uh uh we came up with uh, the curtain jerkers or something like and that. And that was taken. Uh, yeah, and like for those of you that don't know what a, what a curtain jerker is, that's the opening match of the show, like on an indie show or whatever, the, any show, uh, you're considered the curtain jerker because you're the first one to come out of the curtain. And by, um, by the way, it's so a good I podcast. Really like that. And by the way, it's a good podcast. I've listened when I when we first decided to do this and it became a reality, because we've been friends for a very long time. Then we lost touch. I'm not sure how it came together. Did you just message me out of nowhere like, hey, do you want to go to a wrestling show? Is that how? Um, No, we talked about this before. We'd have to go back like a year on our podcast. But uh, you had had messaged me, um, I think, like to grab a beer or something. Because you you do that every every now and again. Every six months. You know, like, yeah, like (laughs) to see how, let's see where he stands. And then you said something about a, a wrestling podcast. And remember, I was against it, and then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, we can do this. And then, um, well, yeah, you, I mean, that's pretty much how it went. Well, you didn't officially get kind of all in on it until – because we were not doing it when you came up to my old work it, to visit me before we went to the wrestling show with Russ the first night I met Russ. I thought – No, we weren't. We were. No, because we were talking about it, and you go, Dennis wants me to do a podcast. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. But we did it shortly after that. It had to have been no no less than two weeks after that. You saw the equipment, and you were like, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, I think you got, like, the last... I was like, you know what? Because this, oh, this is what it was. You had messaged me out of the blue <clears throat> after, again, six months, and then you said, hey, you want to grab a beer? I'm like, uh, you know, I can't, whatever, or whatever. Whatever lame excuse I said. Okay, no excuses. And then... Um, like the week after, I think was like maybe the show or two weeks after was like a wrestling show. And I had gotten tickets from like, uh, I was either AJ or Xavier Woods, one of those guys. And, um, I had already got the guys, uh, that were going to go, but somebody had canceled. I want to say, uh, I don't know, my buddy Josh or something like that. And you were fresh in my mind. I'm like, who else would want to go? I'm not going to bring my kids, you know, cause it's a guy's night out kind of. And I'm like, Oh, Dennis, Dennis just, uh, you know, yeah, he likes wrestling and I mean, I'm going to contact Dennis. And then you were like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, Oh, by the way, you could park right next door at my work. And I'm like, 
oh, this is even better. So that that's how it came about. I remember that now. You remember that? Hang hang on. I I wasn't your first choice. I, I all before you even texted me, like and caught caught up. Was no, I like your age? All the tickets were already like, taken. Well, uh, there's my friend Mike. Well, he can't make it. How about this? No, no, Jim. No, like Dennis. No, no, not no, no. that guy. No. Uh, so the tickets were taken, <laughs> and then uh, a guy canceled, and then and the reason why I got X amount of tickets is because those were all the people that wanted to go, right? And I was like, yeah. So I got us all tickets, and, and then one guy canceled. And, and who I was hooked like, well, you up with those tickets, by the way? What's that? And who hooked you up with those tickets, by the way? It was either like AJ or um, Xavier Woods. I I don't remember which one. Cause I I went to like them, and then uh, you know for the for the following show, I believe I went to like Jimmy Jacobs or something. Um, you know, Rudy Charles, I think already gave his comp tickets away because to somebody. I I, I don't know. So um, yeah, I believe. No, those ones, I, I don't know. We went to a few, Dennis, and I don't remember. I really don't. I don't know if you were at the first one. Well, I don't know. Uh, now you're asking. I, I, was, I don't know. I was at the one that <laughs> you invited me. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> Let's, after 13 minutes, finally get on the show. And by the way, like I said, Petey will meet you. All you have to do, colorful sign that will show up good on TV that we can, yeah, look, there, people would be surprised, but you would flip out and geek out over something like that. You've been in the wrestling business, you've held titles, but to see like something you've created with me from from birth, this podcast, to have people carrying signs, I really feel like that you would that would carry you for two nights. Like, did you see that guy with this? Oh my gosh! Yeah, and, and it's always good. Anytime like I succeed outside of wrestling. Um, I get kind of geeked about it. Like when me and the machine guns did, uh, you know, our band, the high crusade and people were like liking our music and listening to it and buying albums. Like I was like more excited about that than, you know, winning my second X division title. Like it was like, just because you, you've done something, a passion of yours outside of wrestling. And then, uh, people are liking it and listening to it like you've created something yeah like you said it's it's you geek out about things like that absolutely well let's get on and talk some wrestling and thank you by the way for everybody who rates subscribes downloads talks to us on twitter tells us we love the podcast i get geeked out every time uh someone tweets me or tweets you or you know we're in the middle of a conversation with somebody that likes it but thank you the fans now you know, this has been a weird wrestling week where we don't really talk WWE on this podcast. We started out, actually, when we started doing the podcast, we did WWE reviews because you were not wrestling. Then we morphed it into just kind of more impact talk and wrestling talk in general. And summertime is rough because there's not a lot of news coming out in the summertime. There's not a lot of people watching TV outside of SummerSlam. And now you have the all-in events. Summertime has been a downtime in the wrestling industry, right? Uh, on TV, yes. Um, indie shows, it usually it, it's still picking up and or, or picked up because now you have outdoor shows and all this kind of stuff, um, and people are more you know kids are off school for the summer and stuff. But yeah, mostly 
you know, you're at that WrestleMania, they call it the WrestleMania hangover, and then you kind of, you know, and then things, you know, maybe start heating up a little bit um, prior to, to, to SummerSlam because a lot of things start going on and stuff. But uh, for the most part, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of – in the summer, people are doing other things. They don't want to sit in and watch TV. That's why they, do, they show reruns on TV all the time and everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, summertime is kind of a downtime for wrestling. That's why, you know, you, you have, you know, Raw who, like, that has a number one on the cable ratings pretty much. That never happens during, like, the winter and all that kind of stuff anymore because – you know, there's there's non rerun TV shows out there. So yeah, definitely it's kind of it's kind of down right now. One of the big stories that I'm starting to read on the internet is talking about WWE and their aggressive manner towards signed in uh, the indie talents. Basically, WWE has been reported to approach several talents under contract with MLW, which is a new start. I wouldn't say new, but it's a wrestling promotion now from the guys that brought you all the Conrad Thompsons and the Jim Cornette podcast and stuff like that. So that being said, WWE has been approaching those talents, also talents from Ring of Honor, I believe, in New Japan, basically trying to gauge their interest. Uh, Rumor has it they're going to try to do a big uh, talent dump. Not dump, but just what what do they call it in the industry where a company comes in and tries to sign all the top talent from everywhere, a big talent uh, Wow. A sweep or grab yeah, or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. So here we are now, WWE, and I said something on a podcast with James, and I think I said it to you several months ago, and you guys kind of snickered at me where I said, with All In and Indie Wrestling, do you think the WWE is getting scared? And you both were like, ha, 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 it's the WWE. No. But when I see tactics like this, where they're trying to eliminate the competition's top talent that they built by, you know, young bucks. Whether they sign the young bucks or not, uh, they'd be smart to go at this point in their career, despite whatever they've done. But you know, Kenny Omega, you you have a bunch of other talents all around. I think that you know, look, a it's smart for them. Don't get me wrong, and it's smart for the wrestlers. But I think this is a sign that yes, the WWE is a little bit scared of what's going on now. Um, that's, I would say a maybe yes and a maybe no. Uh, no, I'll start with no, because part of me thinks like, okay, they see something getting steam. No, WWE can't predict the future. They don't know how big a company is going to get. They don't. So what do you do when an upstart company is starting to, to come up? You know, you just cut their legs off, right? And make sure they don't succeed. They're going to have to do it, do it with like second rate talent or, or other talent or wherever the case may be. So yeah, they're going to pretty much steal all their talent. Um, so that, that's smart of them. Uh, but then I'd say, yeah, you know, but so I wouldn't, that, that would show that they're, I wouldn't say scared, but like, Hey, let's let's just remain on top. Okay. Let's not, you know, you know, tiptoe around this or anything or beat around the bush. Let's just any upstart company. Let's raid their top talent. And essentially, those companies are doing the work for WWE. So now you have an upstart company, okay? And let's say they have a couple guys that they um, showcase on their show, okay? WWE didn't have to go and scout them on indie shows or any on the internet or anything like that. 
they just you know get a little bit of buzz with this upstart company mlw in this case maybe they hear somebody like mjf like oh who's this mjf guy okay well let's sign him you know they already did the work for us they scouted him he worked his way up we didn't have to watch any of his tapes he's got the buzz let's sign him and then when he get he's not signing but let's say they were to sign him then it's kind of like okay let's see what you got and you know, you either sink or swim. And if they don't, if like MJF, for example, doesn't make it in WWE, no sweat off the WWE's back because they didn't invest a lot of money to scout him or anything like that. And they can send him on his way. And if anything, he loses value once he leaves the WWE. Right. And, um, and they, I mean, maybe gains a little bit, but loses value. Well, they, they cut off whatever run he was having anywhere else at the legs and yep. stops that momentum dead in the tracks. I get it. But this is this is a move where if this NXT was as great at pumping out stars as they like to build it up in, within their own company, these are moves that don't have to be made. I I say you look at some of the top stars that come out of NXT, very few at best are NXT homegrown talent. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, the other companies have done all the work for WWE. They're just like, okay, this guy's a top star outside of WWE on the indies and stuff. Um, let's sign him and let's see what he can do here. And then obviously they're going to be good there because they were a top star on the indies. Um, but then, you know, some of them don't make it. Some of them it's like, oh, you know, that, this guy kind of just got, got lost in the shuffle kind of. Side, um, side note question. Sorry to cut you off, but this popped in my head. As we talk about indie companies – you know, growing and doing all the work. This question popped in my head about impact. Many, many moons ago, you and I talked about the uphill challenge this new regime has to do to basically distance themselves from the old regime of TNA who were quote unquote snakes and dirty scoundrels and done people wrong. And many wrestlers that come up to you and say, don't ever go back there. It's horrible. That was the old days. Now the new regime has come in. They cleaned house. They're working. You see all the progress they made, not just in storylines of writing and wrestling, but with bringing in other organizations. Some of them still seem a little hesitant, maybe. And that's just my opinion with like a Ring of Honor, who is still working with New Japan. Uh, but you have Ring of Honor versus Impact now on the Jericho Cruise. But my question is, how much farther do you, P.D. Williams, being a guy that's been in booking meetings, is an agent, is a wrestler, is has his fingers in almost every aspect of Impact Wrestling, whether it's big or small, how much uphill climbing do you guys think you still have to do to, to get away from the old TNA feel? Are you there? Do you think there's a little bit more? Is Are you the, the light at the end of the tunnel? What? I think uh, Slammiversary. Um like just last month was like eh, not the icing on the cake, but like maybe the first layer of frosting. I, I don't know how, where you would put that. Um, but I think people were finally like, Hey, you know, the, these guys are staying true to their word finally, because there's been so many times in TNA's history where a new booker comes in or, or, or something happens. Okay. Like just, just a turn of events. And they're like, okay, we're not going to do what we did in the past. We're going to, you know, do, do it differently. And always, okay, you know, and then people are like, oh, okay, yeah, you're going to do it differently. And then you might, it, it might be like that for a month or, or, or a couple months or whatever the case may be. But then it always goes back to the same, mm -hmm. right? 
So um, it's happened over and over and over again. Okay. Now imagine you're a guy that's married or whatever, has a girlfriend, and then, you know, you keep going out there and cheating on your girlfriend. And then you say, you come back, it's never going to happen again. And then everything's great for months. And then you go out there, cheat again. And then you come back and it's, oh, it's never going to happen again. And this happens over and over and over again. And then when does the girlfriend say, hey, you know, you're done. I'm not going to give you any more chances or anything like that. And that's your dog, by the way. You're not panting through your thought. Yeah, no, my dog just got close to me, and I'm like, get away from me. I didn't want to say it, though. Um, Is your dog named Sanjay? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Sanjay, but not with a S-O. It's an S-A, Sanjay. Oh, well, then that's um, different. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's nobody really wants to give us another chance. Like, I mean, that that's what it comes down to. It's like, oh, we've heard the same old song and dance before. So, I mean, that, that boyfriend, girlfriend analogy, I don't know if it was good, but like, that's kind of how people feel. So, you know, it's been, um, since I want to say November ish that this has been happening. And so it's, it's 10 months, 10 months, and we're still staying true to our word. I mean, that's, that's the longest that we've ever have stayed true to our word. Um, and so I think after Slammiversary, people are starting to say like, Hey, you know, maybe these guys are out there, you know, and, and trying to give their best shot and they're not, you know, doing the old stuff pretty much. And I'll tell you, being in those booking meetings, when you have guys like Sanjay and Jimmy, and I've been in those booking meetings and I said, well, why don't we just do this? You know, like, oh, let's just forget about it. Because a lot of the times in TNA's past, they'll have storylines going and then they'll just kind of drop it out of nowhere. And people are like, what happened to the storyline? And they were like, oh, we'll just pretend it didn't happen. I think we talked about this on the last podcast where I had a storyline with Steiner and they dropped it. Oh, we'll just pretend it didn't happen and we'll just go on our way. Um, and I remember being in that booking meeting. I'm like, well, why can't we just forget about that um, and we just don't go with it and we'll just go this way? And they're like, no, we have to address it you know, and we have to stick with it or we have to do something to acknowledge it because that's how we used to do it in the old days and we don't want to do that anymore. So they're adamant about not making the same mistakes again. They are. And they're do I think they're doing a really good job at it. Now, we're getting away from original thought, and I'm kind of okay with that. But let me ask you this. Give me a little bit of a profile on some of the booking guys. And I'll ask you a question, and just tell me their tendencies as far as Booker. Like if I said Sanjay Dutt... You go, eh, he likes to do this when he books an angle, or he, he he's not a big fan of this. Do you know what I mean? Um. So San, yeah, okay. let's start with Sanjay Dutt. What is his, you know, what tendencies when it comes to bookings, pros and cons? Um, I would say, um, let's see. So he like formats the whole show, um, which is a lot of work. He times the whole show, puts in segments all that kind of stuff. Um, he, he, I mean, a lot of these guys do more than just like writing storylines and stuff. Um, but he'll pretty much come up with like, Hey, this is the direction we're going in. And, you know, kind of, kind of put like, a um, an overview of it, non-specific details, just like we're going to do this. And I'm thinking this will be the end results. And then, you know, Scott, who's oversees everything, 
you know, we'll either say yay or nay kind of deal. Um, I want to say Jimmy. Well, Jimmy hey, does hey, a lot of hang like. Hang on, you're getting ahead of yourself here. You're getting ahead. Oh, okay. Let's bring it back to Sanjay. Okay. What do you yep. think Sanjay's strengths are when it comes to booking? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> well, that's um, why I asked it. Remember, this is a podcast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would say I would say he's a good booker. Like he understands. Like, well, okay. His his big strength is he still has this like ear to the ground when it comes to what's going on in like the independent scene and everything that's going across like the wrestling industry. That's good. So yeah. So like, I'll go to him and be like, well, who's this guy or who's this guy? And he'll know everything about him or he'd be like, Oh yeah, I met like, it seems like he knows everybody kind of. Um, and he knows what they're about and all that kind of stuff and who's good and all that stuff. Um, so I would say that's probably like, that's probably his biggest strength because that's a strength I, I do not have. Jim, um, now I'll I'll move on here because I'm not going to ask you what of his weaknesses because that's not fair to call someone out like that. That's not where I'm going now. I just want to know strengths wise. Let's talk about Jimmy Jacobs now, who a lot of people may not know by name, but he, he was one of those guys that was a WWE writer. Got fired from the WWE because he took the picture with the Bullet Club. He created the list of Jericho. Uh, right? I, it was the list of Jericho, right? Or the Jericho friendship? Yep. Okay. No, list of Jericho. And he did. He did a lot of. A he, lot. He was like kind of pretty much assigned to Jericho in his last, like not. I guess it was his last run with with Kevin Owens and stuff like that. He was kind of assigned to Jericho in his promos and stuff. So he did that. Comes over. You know him uh, as Jimmy Jacobs now. In there in the writing room now. What are Jimmy Jacobs' strengths as a booker? Or writer, uh, he has, yeah, he he has many. Like he's he's a Babe Ruth so in that quick. room. Yeah, I, I I feel so because it seems like when I'm sitting in that room, you know, Sanjay's got a he's got a tough job because he'll have to think of stuff, but as well he'll have to write it down or or or, or rewrite. So he's doing like two things at once. So you have, uh, um. You know, Jimmy's sitting there, like, you could see he's always trying to think of something. And, like, it's kind of weird. Like, you've watched me go over my match, kind of, in the back, like, as if I'm wrestling a broomstick or an imaginary person or whatever. That's something I want to talk about one day. Okay. Uh, Jimmy does that with, like, booking and, like, when we're in the writing room. Like, he's, like, say if it's a promo or, like, how he wants how he wants things to lay out. He just won't um, talk about his thoughts out loud. Like he, but you can hear him like like lip him with his mouth. Like you know, and he's like looking up and kind of moving his hands and stuff. And it, it, it's it's really it's really good. And he always comes up with like great ideas and like he's so quick to say like if I if I say something like hey well what about this and he's like. Uh, like instantly he's like, no, we're already doing that and showed like 248 with, uh, this story and all like, he has everything like he already knows in his head and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's great at like, uh, promos as you can tell by the stuff he's done with Jericho. Um, you know, and just like telling a story, he, he has so many strengths. I mean, I don't even know what his biggest strength is, but he's like, you know, and he'll stop. And like, if I don't understand something like, Hey, like why, like, he'll be like, Oh, we're doing it because of this, this, and this. Or, 
uh, we have to go into a VTR. Like he'll, he'll explain why in more detail of why we're doing something um, without making me feel stupid. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm newer to this. He's been doing this like at a higher level and you know, he does a great job teaching too. So, and he's very patient and yeah, so he has a lot of great qualities, I would say. As it, when it comes to booking a angle, a show, or a promo, what do you think his one go-to thing when you sit in there and you go, oh, Jimmy likes to do this when it comes to a story. What do you think it is? Um, like, like uh, I don't even know what they're called. Street fights, uh, brawls, um, uh, Texas death matches, steel cage, like gimmick uh, matches. He, he likes the hardcore. He likes the hardcore type matches. Okay, you know, like like gimmick type hardcore matches, like fifty one fifty street fight or or house of hardcore rules match. Um, you know, he he likes putting that stipulation on it at the pay per view, um, to make it mean a little bit more. Um, he loves that stuff because you, you, he he understands you build up to that big stipulation match. And that's like the blow off, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, and he's good at like knowing how to continue a feud if they want to go further with it. So it was so successful after what you thought was going to be the blow off, you know? So, um, yeah, he loves that kind of stuff. I know he does. (laughs) Now, Don Callis, an absolute legend. Not only does he bring credibility and contacts and contact, which we will talk about here in a few minutes before we wrap up the podcast. But he's an amazing commentator, a genius, ECW, everything you can name. Just in general, talk about what you feel or what you think when you listen to Don Callis put together something in a booking meeting. So he uh, he's actually probably the most quiet out of all of us. He kind of like observes and just like, you know, listens because he knows that the guys have a good grasp on it. I don't know if he like ag- agrees with everything they do, um, but what he'll do is say if we really get stuck on something, it seems like he'll end up coming up with a solution. That's what it seems like. Like the really like we're like we're stuck. We can't do this. Solver. We can't do this. Like yeah, um, and then he'll throw something out there, and it'll be like, huh. At first, it'll be like, huh. But then he'll explain it, and we're like, actually, that makes the most sense. Like, we should do it that way. Um, and he's re- really great at like character development. Like, he's done like the Killer Cross and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, he's good at that. When he has his eyes set on like a character he wants to develop, he'll 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 go all out to like make sure that character does everything in its power to you know be the best character. Um, you know, any character that you think on our show that has developed on our show, that's probably a Don Callis thing. That's interesting. And and not to cut the rest of the booking team short, but let's talk about Scott Demore before we move on. I mean, there are other guys that come in and out, but Scott Demore, the head guy, everything comes down on him. If you listen to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, one of the, the things I hear when he talks is I should have had a better handle or these guys booked it. I kept my nose out of it. They should have known, but ultimately it's my fault. Now he's essentially the Eric Bischoff character in the room who has his fingertips. He's doing it right. You've been around Scott for many, many ages. Let's just talk about the 
I don't evolution, the transformation of Scott from when you knew him as the coach of Team Canada to where he is now. Well, he was always kind of like on the booking side, agent side, even when he was the coach at Team Canada. Um, but before, I think he was more reserved with his ideas because you know everything went through Jeff and stuff, and you know he uh, he he knows Scott knows business. He knows Jeff is the boss. If Jeff said if he approaches Jeff with an idea and Jeff says, no, Scott will like argue back. This is why it's a good idea. And if Jeff still says no, and this, we're just not going to do it. Uh, we got to do this instead. Scott will be like, okay, that, enough said I've done my best. And that's that. Cause he knows he's not the boss. Now Scott's the boss. He knows he's the boss so he can implement his own strategies and stuff. Uh, everything at the end of the day has to go through Scott and Don pretty much. Um, but, you know, he, he's in there. Like, I've seen him, like, when we were putting together the Eddie Edwards storyline um, with, uh, with Tommy Dreamer. Um, initially, that wasn't even supposed to be a big storyline, but it ended up being a big storyline because it ended up being good. Um, and, you know, we're trying to figure out how to lay it out over – because at that time, we were filming, like, three months of TV in, like, six days. And we're like, okay, you know, we have to do something on every show. And we're like, okay, we'll do a package on this show. Then we'll do – uh, him getting, you know, bonded out on this show or this happening and then this. And they're like, okay, well, how do, how do we progress, you know, the storyline? And then Scott said, okay, like after like a few minutes when we we're trying to think about it, he's like, okay, week one, he says, blah, 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 blah. And then so week two, you know, he gives a second and three, four, five, write it down. You know, that's why we'll do it. And everybody's like, yeah, that sounds great. Writes it down, you know? So he, he just, he knows how to develop a storyline. I mean, he's been around it enough. Like he, he knows to not just, okay, if Eddie's in a storyline, this is week one, he comes out there. He knows what to do week two to advance it, which is going to lead to week three and four and five and, and so on. Not just like, okay, he comes out and says the same thing. So a lot of times you might watch a wrestling show and you might be like, hey, nah, that didn't really advance anything. It just seems like he reiterated what he said last week or it's kind of like, okay, nothing advanced. Maybe they're stalling or whatever, or lazy or whatever the case may be. But you know, he'll he'll actively try to advance everything and make it a point. All right. And booking tendencies. When you listen to him talk, when it comes to creating a storyline, what are some of the things he likes? Um, with Scott? Yep. Um, that's a good question. Once again. We do a podcast. Uh, yeah, no, no, I know. I'm just, I mean, it's, I guess I should have had the list beforehand. Um, I, this is, he this likes, is off the top of my head. I know, yeah. So this is, my answer is going to be off the top of my head, what I like see openly. Um, he obviously likes good talent that can actually work, right? I mean, obviously he does, he does like good characters. Um, but, you know, if you look at somebody like, I'm not, not throwing anybody under the bus, but you look at Tessa, right? Tessa is like, comes from generations of wrestling. She was, grew up in the business. She looks so crisp and clean in the ring. You know, she's a great wrestler. Okay. You look at Sue Young, you know, her character, I say outshines her wrestling, right? Because her character is so dark. It just, it's awesome. Like there's nothing like it. Right. So, you know, Scott, I know would prefer, good wrestling over good character but he also understands like hey you know uh, a good character is like 
not everybody has to be a, a great wrestler, like a Bret Hart or, you know, in, in the women's division, you know, like a Tessa or anything like that. So he understands character development and all that stuff. But, you know, Scott's really passionate about, you know, good wrestling. Like that, that's that's what he, he really likes, guys that can go in the ring, you know. Um, he'll leave character development, I believe, like more up to Don and stuff like that. Um, and even though Scott's good at character development, just storyline progress, but um, good wrestling is like that. We, that's what he always rests on. Like, you know, you look at our world champion right now, Austin Aries. He's phenomenal. You can have a good match with anybody, right? So it, it goes to show, like, okay, why does he have the belt? Well, because you could put him on the main event of any of our shows. And he's going to, like, go out there and he's going to be a stud. He's going to just, you know, like, do – even though you've already seen, like, five hardcore matches on our show, he still is going to go out there and perform like a world champion. Okay. No, that, that makes all the sense in the world. And my final question before we go on to my last topic that we'll wrap up with, when you came back – to wrestling you and i we've talked about this for a while it was a secret we were in we had conversations you went in with a different mindset of you know this is my last run whether it lasts a month or two months i'm gonna have fun i'm doing this as a favor to friends who need me to show up to tv and bring a you know a trusted sense of wrestling to a show that desperately needs it not knocking any of the talent the writing was bad but they needed a pd williams back you come back, you're having fun, The you're part of something special, which at the very beginning when you came back, you, we, you and I could never imagined where we are now today, how special this transformation has been and how you're a part of it. Saying that, A, has it exceeded your expectations? B, in the transition, I mean, what... It's Is this is special if not more special than your first run seeing where it was and how low it is to where it is now and you're part of it um so it's yeah that it's it's kind of weird like my first run you know 2004 to 2009 you know I was just a I was just a guy I, I was a wrestler on the show right didn't really have any part in anything um and you know, but the the product at the time was very popular, right? Everybody was watching Impact and stuff like that. You just look at our roster and stuff. Very different. Now, so we weren't at a rebuilding because we were still building. Now it's like a rebuild. You know, we've uh, they, they've hit their peak. They went down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And now, right now, you know, when I got in, it was like kind of like going down. And now it feels like it's going back up. How far it goes back up, I don't know, right? I mean, I tell you, yeah, you're right. I am more focused on having fun this time. And I think it shows if you watch me in the ring now, like, you know, my, I'm not as crisp as I once was. I'm not, not as young as I once was, but, um, you know, I, am not, I'm focusing more on fun than like, you know, how everything has to be perfect in the ring and all that kind of stuff. And it does show, but you know what? I don't care. Cause I'm having so much fun. Um, but I mean, this time around, you know, it's great that I have a hand and I feel like I have a little bit of a say. And what's different is back then, you know, nobody would really come to me for advice. Maybe like newer guys to the X Division, like an Xavier Woods or like, um, 
I'm trying to think other guys that came into the X division at the time, like maybe a Jay lethal when it first started or, uh, whoever, you know, whomever. Um, so I'd give my two cents there, but now it's like, you know, people are, are coming to me for advice or like coming to me with, uh, Hey, can we get this switched and all that kind of stuff? Cause you're, you're technically in management now. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a weird transition because they still have me doing both. Hence, you know, I'm wrestling Rich Swan on Monday at the TV tapings. Um, but then I'm probably gonna, if I had to guess, I'm probably gonna be the curtain jerker and we're going to go out there and hopefully Rich Swan could carry me through an awesome match. And then I'll probably still be in my gear and then get on a headset for the next match or something like that. Um, but it's so much fun. I love that before it was like, I have my match and then you just go just watch the show, you know, or, or do nothing or read a book or whatever the case may be. Um, so I just like it that, you know, it's like wrestling the whole day, just wrestling, coming up with wrestling, talking wrestling, uh, you know, uh, talking about the show, watching the show, implementing things that have, everything's wrestling. It's just, it's, it's always what I've wanted since I was a kid, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, it's special, man, and I'm excited to be able to watch this as your friend, and you you take me along, even though you know at times we joke about how I'm riding your coattails. It's it's more fun for me as a friend to watch you do it and do it in a in a manner that you love. I'll tell you, if you didn't come to me, come with me in August, people would be like, "Hey, where's Dennis?" I mean, that's you're kind of like part of the team now, even though you, you know what I mean. I'm Even though we have a specific, a specific role, they're like, hey, where's Dennis? Something's missing. And that makes me smile because, like I said many, many times to you in private on the podcast, the last thing I want to do is be like, oh, you brought that Dennis guy with you again? I'm, I'm very sensitive to to being the third will. So to hear that, I, it makes me smile. Yeah, well, anything. For me. Anything I could do to help. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Finally, let's wrap this up. We've gone a little bit longer than normal, but I do want to touch on this. I got this off of WrestlingInc.com, but it's been spread around for for a while. And not that there's been talk or you heard or you would even say something if you heard it, but I'm going to read it to you. We're going to discuss it, whether you say no comment or, oh, that's cool. But Chris Jericho is from Winnipeg, along with other names from professional wrestling, he might be he might be more interested in impact wrestling now than now that they're a Canadian based company owned by one of his personal friends. We reported last week via the Wrestling Observer that Jericho used to be used to be his Winnipeg connection to used his Winnipeg connection to help Anthem owner uh, uh, let's see figure out what he should do about impact wrestling management. Jericho suggested Don Callis for the role. He was also, also instrumental in helping Scott Demore receive a promotion. Jericho said the company has been was previously run by snakes and needed to put someone in charge who they could trust. Jericho has teased in the last months that he would, of course, consider signing with Impact. Meltzer reported in the last issue of the Wrestling Observer that the belief in the business is now Jericho is destined. Jericho is destined to go to Impact Wrestling. He added that Jericho, Jericho's idea that he once had of not upsetting Vince McMahon 
isn't as nearly as strong as it was months ago. Now, Petey, I, I know you're sitting there with a the big smile. You're probably trying to figure out what you can and can't say. Uh, I'm just going to come out and ask you, have you ever heard of talks about Chris Jericho? Not just, hey, Chris Jericho is funny or he suggested this person, but there's a real shot that Chris Jericho could be an impact at one point. Um, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I wouldn't be shocked just because of everything you just read. You know, Canadian-based company, Don Callis, Scott Demore. Um, I mean, I, I I wouldn't be shocked. Like before when he teased the years ago coming in, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but now I wouldn't be as shocked. I mean, Jericho's doing his own thing. He's going off to New Japan and, you know, his cruise and all that kind of stuff. Like, he doesn't really need WWE anymore. He's got his band, all that kind of stuff. So why not for him, you know, have a little bit of fun? You know, I've even heard him, like, you know, getting, like, in his last run backstage, like, getting some heat with somebody because uh, politics, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, he's going to come to Impact, and there would be none of that. So, um, but let me say this, I have no idea if he's coming. Um, I figured those decisions will probably be held really close to like Scott, Don, and that's uh, it. probably Sanjay and, 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 and Jimmy, like those are probably gonna be the only four people that know if he comes, if he does end up coming, if he comes, um, but they're not going to spread that. They're not going to let that leak out or whatever the case may be, um, yeah, and then the next question is, well, what do they do? Who does he feud with? When does he come? How does he do it? All that kind of stuff, uh, which would probably be for um, you know future podcasts if he ends up coming to Impact. Petey, uh, it's safe to say that Chris Jericho coming to Impact, if it were to happen, that would instantly make Impact Wrestling the clear-cut number two promotion in the United States. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say so. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Chris Jericho, I mean, he's, you know, future hall of famer, obviously. Um, and I mean, he's never been uh, WWE and WCW. The only two places he's worked ever. Well, in new Japan. And that was a huge deal. Oh, and ECW. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say that's it right there. Right. I mean, that just goes to show. All right. Now my next question might be a little tricky as I'm trying to figure out how to word it. Could you see, and this is speculation between, and I'm going to put this out there now. This is just my brain speculation. Could Chris Jericho be used as a tool for a better television contract elsewhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it's business pretty much. TV is business, right? Right. So, you know, if we go to a, a network, th- so the hardest part about, you know, TV and all that kind of stuff is getting on network television. Okay. That's the hardest part. You know, you look at companies and stuff like that and they're like, that they have all the talent in the world. So why? Well, it's just it's hard to get a TV deal. There's only so many spots, so many TV shows. There's more than just wrestling shows going for those spots. Like it's hard. So we already have 
we're already a television company. Uh, Fox Sportsnet, um, you know, Spike TV, Destination America, Pop TV. We've been on all those networks, so you know, we're con- we're already on TV. Um, so yeah, when you go to a different network or uh, even the same network, maybe you want more money or whatever. When it comes to negotiations, it's like you know, right now if we go there, we're like, here's our stars. You know, you might have a guy on, I don't know, I'm throwing this out there, like, you know, on a spike or something like that, being like, yeah, I don't really know any of those people. Right? Maybe, right, possibly. Right. They might say, yeah, I know a couple, whatever. You have Jericho on there. You present it to Spike, and they're like, oh, yeah, Chris Jericho. I mean, back when we first went to Spike and Rhino was our champion in Windsor at a BCW show, we had to put the belt back on Jeff Jarrett. Why? Because he was our most recognizable person for us to go on to Spike TV with. Rhino wasn't. Jeff Jarrett was. You know, and at the time, I think we were just getting the Dudleys. Um, so that was like our big, like, okay, us getting bigger stars and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely use those those names as marketing tools and and you know bargaining tools and all those things for you know bigger contracts for television and. You know, or, or going to a different network or whatever the case may be. How much so, longer? Yeah, absolutely. How, how much longer does Impact have in this current deal? Do you know? Ah, man. Um, oh, is it? So I know in, was it August or September? They recently signed a new contract. Uh, didn't they recently just sign an extension, right? Yeah. I'm just, I know they said, was it back in August? They said they signed for another year. I'm just thinking if it was August or November or was it January? I don't know. So that would have already expired, obviously. Um, but I know we're still going to be on pop for oh, a while. I don't know if it's another six months or another like full year. Um, but we're already into that. When we re-signed with pop, we're already past, I believe, past that year. Or, or getting close to being past that year that we initially signed up for. So I know there is an extension of some sort. Just don't know what. All right. Uh, and not that they've talked about it uh, going elsewhere, which would be a breach, a breach of contract. But do you feel like, you personally, that they will re-up for another contract, the safe spot, which... You know, right now it's safe. You're rebuilding your company. You're rebuilding your image. You don't want to move too fast to move up the network ladder to a bigger show while you're still in a transition period. Do you, do you think that, you know, they think that this rebuild might take a little bit longer? You could see them re-upping? Or do you think they're they're happy with where they are? If you could bring in Jericho and sell this to a major network... And I don't want to use the word compete with WWE because no one will truly compete. But you know what? You find a good big name network. You, you hide away on a night that you know is is adequate, and you you continue on with what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna use Jericho as a bargaining tool. I mean, I don't. Um, obviously, you look at what networks are bigger. You look at how many viewers are potentially can watch pop, right? Which is less than how many viewers could potentially watch spike. I always go back to spike because that was probably the biggest network we've ever been on. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I mean, at the end of the day, 
I think any wrestling company would want to be on like um, broadcast television if they were big enough. Like not like cable, but like the ABC, NBC, you know, CBS, uh, Fox type thing. Like those ones where you only need an antenna to watch it if wrestling were, were that big again. I mean, that's the goal, right? Or to get on, you know, net, uh, cable uh, shows that are uh, providers for, you, you know, like they're, they're on all the cable packages and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I mean, if Impact can move to a network that has more potential viewers, they're going to go for it. I mean, you'd be stupid not to. I mean, you, you can't build a company. You'd stay stagnant if you didn't. Um, but, you know, like it's not like I'm saying anything that's like edgy or anything because I think Pop knows that like, hey, if this company grows, they're probably going to leave us. Or unless we give more money or whatever, maybe they will be the ones that are there are like flagship show pretty much. It's like, hey, you know, they're going to help our network build. And in that case, then they lean on us more and then they'd have to, you know, pay us more money and all that kind of stuff. So um, they, everybody knows it's business. Everybody. All right. And uh, your thought on what a Jericho would do to the locker room, which it's a great locker room. Obviously, he's not going to come in and hurt it. I know. I kind of know what you're going to say, but if if you got a phone call today saying, "Hey, listen, uh, Jericho will now be a mainstay at all of our tapings in the locker room," you say, "Well, I would say great." I've never actually met Chris Jericho. Um, you know, he he knows who I am. Like just judging from some of his podcasts, where he has uh, interviewed guys that have wrestled and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I have no idea what his thoughts are of me. I, I really don't. I mean, he could be one of those guys that says to me, that Canadian destroyer move is stupid. You know, you killed the business and all that kind of stuff. Or he could be like, hey, man, you know, great job getting, a, you know, that move over and all that kind of stuff or, or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I'm all for it. I mean, anything that's going to help the company build and stuff like that. I've, n- I don't, I've never heard that he has like a negative reputation or, or a bad reputation, I should say. Um, so, I mean, and he's uh, already a locker room leader over at WWE when he goes there. Um, so, I mean, what's not to like, and he's been in the business since like before I even started wrestling. So, uh, I mean, if anything, I think it would just be good for our product pretty much. All right, last question. We wrap it up. Jericho's in the locker room. Do you bite the bullet and ask him for a picture? Honestly, between you and I. No, I've no. No. Um, no, I've. I'm trying to think of who's like one of the people I've always wanted to meet, and I've got to meet him and stuff like that. And I didn't ask him for a picture. Like, no way. What I'm gonna do? This is how I get around it, right? They say, hey, Chris Jericho, you're doing the meet and greet after the show. And I go, oh, Ross, can I do the meet and greet as well? And then that way, that way, we all take the picture together <laughs> with the fans and stuff like that. And then I get to keep that picture. <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. Around. No, you're not. You are not. Ross, Ross, if you're ever going to listen to this, I hope this is the episode you listen to. Now we know what kind of person Petey Williams truly is. No, the reason why that popped my head is because I did the meet and greet on like one of the last nights there. It was like myself, Rebel, and Kira Hogan. And I'm like, okay, 
okay, so the fans, you know, they want the pitcher. But, you know, I mean, some of these fans, they just want a pitcher of the knockouts. It's like, hey, me and and two knockouts, like one one in each arm. I'm like, you know, a, a guy wants that pitcher. I understand. And then you got it. me in there, right? And I'm like, but why are we all taking – I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, do half of these people even want to take a pitcher with me? Or I'm like, or maybe, you know, these p- people want to take a picture with me and they don't want to take a picture of the knockouts. I don't know. I, I don't know what the case may be, but they lumped this all together. We all took the pictures together probably to save time because there was quite a few people. Um, but I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, wow, they're they're going to have a picture of all three of us. And we none, none of us have like any like correlation in storylines or anything, anything like that. You were just the first three people they saw walking down the hall. It's you, you, and you. Come on. No, I was actually the last one. I, Ross asked me, he's like, can you do the meet and greet tonight? And I'm like, yeah, who else you got? And he goes, oh, I have Rebel and Kira Hogan. I'm like, all right. Then I'm ready to go because I'm a, I'm a dude. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I stand up. It's after the show. Let's get this going. Oh, we got to wait on you know Rebel. We got to wait on Kira. Probably they have to like touch up their makeup or something, you know, because, you know, they're females, right? And uh, so that's the toughest part when you got to do it with a female. You're waiting around. You're like, okay. I waited like a half hour for them to get ready so we could do this meet and greet. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. All right. So I guess I guess now we know. Now we know. Uh, PD, anything you want to promote? No, no. Just the thing we've been pro- promoting for the last hour is uh, Impact Wrestling. <laughs> and we're going to have the uh, TV taping. So tonight on the show, um, it's myself and Ishimori against the Desi Hit Squawks two weeks ago. You know, they left us laying and stuff like that. So uh, we get our uh, potential revenge tonight. Um, it's so that already... was uh, the opening match on our show. Hey, uh, spoiler alert. It's already aired, right? Can you at least say whether you won or lost? Oh, yeah, it already aired. Yeah, so we won, right? Can I ask you a Josh question? And then Josh Matthews. That's What's what... that? That's exactly what I was going to lead into, but I'll <laughs> let you say it. So then, you know, we win, and then uh, – Josh Matthews is like, wow, that's got to be some sort of upset. or that, That's got to be an upset victory. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, wait, what? Like, upset victory? I'm like, Ishimori, who's like a New Japan, Bullet and Club. myself, like, yeah, an X Division champion, been around forever. I'm like, and the, the new team that has a, a handful of wins underneath their belt, maybe they're undefeated. I don't know. I mean, they haven't been around long enough. So Not now. Um, up. Upset victory? Um, okay, sure. I mean, maybe in his mind, since we're not, it's our first time teaming myself and Ishimori, and we're not a, like officially a, a, a team. We just have a common interest of wanting to get revenge. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. And then they had Gamas on the other side, and you know, the, the manager, three on two. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know how he did the math. Maybe it was like Scott Steiner math or something like that. But I, I feel like it wasn't an upset victory. Wow. Oh. Airing of the grievances, festivus for the rest of us. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's all that uh, that's all we're promoting right now is uh, uh, the TV tapings coming up. And don't forget, while you're at the TV tapings, one more time, bring a sign, DM me, tweet me, make sure you get a hold of me via social media because I'm not going to come out there and tap you and be like, "Hey, did you listen to our podcast? Is that how you know?" Yeah, you got to contact me. Whether hopefully before the show, like I'm bringing a sign. Uh, how do we're, how do you want to do this? That's the best way to do it. Quite frankly, there's 
I'm going to guess a handful at best, uh, not that's low, but that's what we're keeping it at, of people that have already committed to doing this. My dream, PD, is one day to wake up at a wrestling event. Maybe I was drinking a lot. I don't know. And the crowd, everybody in the crowd has a sign. Everybody. Uh, it's probably because you're drinking because you have like triple vision all the way across the but yeah, no, that would be that'd be a that'd be a great dream. <laughs> We'd have to be doing this show like every day of the week, pretty much. Like a morning show. Morning wrestling show. Let Impact know who your favorite podcast is. Absolutely. The wrestling perspective. That's right. Don't forget wrestlingperspectivepodcast.com. You can go there, get all the links to all of our social media. On Tuesday nights, it's the Dacast with James Ellsworth and myself. On Thursday nights, it's Wrestling Perspective with Petey Williams and myself. Two great podcasts, one feed. We now have a weekend show with Russ and Sharpshooter Steve. That should be debuting Saturday, I believe, Petey. Uh, those two got together. They're going to do a weekly just just fan-talking fan podcast. We're going to throw it up for them. We're excited about adding a third one. Whether they do it consistently, I'm publicly, PD calling them out. Publicly. Do it consistently, you two. We need you. Right, PD? Tell them no half-assing it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited. So now we have three nights of the week where we have wrestling perspectives. So the family's growing. The family's um, growing. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope they do. I mean, they're both knowledgeable about wrestling. Like, you know, from... A well, fans like I would call them a, a smart mark. That's what we would call them. Well, um, very knowledgeable. Uh, uh, have been wrestling, eh. you know, watching wrestling forever, and yeah, eh, I'm very confident they will have a good podcast. I will say this: I don't think both of them are knowledgeable. I'm not, I'm going to let you guess which one I believe isn't. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to guess on the air right now. No, um, it, no it'll be interesting the dynamic because you know who's going to be the setup man and who's going to you know like it's going to be. One it's of them's a jobber. What if they're both the setup man? Oh. So, uh, <laughs> Russ, what do you think of this? Well, let me tell you, Steve. Um, I wanted to know your thoughts on this. And they just go back and forth asking the same question. That'd be the podcast. It's the Barry Horowitz of podcasting right there, folks. <laughs> uh, but, hey, it, it might turn out to be excellent. Well, Maybe they have some ideas that we haven't come up with. Who knows? Uh, I heard they're going to do a... Uh, Ask the wife, porn star wrestler segment. <laughs> We've done it. <laughs> oh, man, have we? I totally forgot. Anyways, WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. You can go there to get links to all of your the podcast. One feed, three podcasts. We're everywhere you get your podcast. You can go there, click the picture, get it. We're on iTunes, Wrestling Perspective Podcast. Rate, subscribe, five stars. Leave a comment. Say you love us. We are on Stitcher, Google Play, we're on LinkedIn, I feel like, Grinder. we're on, uh, Tinder we're on. If you get your podcast on Tinder, I don't know how or why you would do that. Uh, where else are we? We're on uh, iHeartRadio, Swipe. Swipe left. iHeartRadio, so swipe right or left, whatever one's the good one if, you, if we're on Tinder, if you see the wrestling perspective. All right, guys, that's this week's podcast. Bring a sign to the tapings. We love you. Follow us. He's at IPD Williams. I'm at Dennis77Farrell. Feel free to DM me. My DMs are open. We're a big family. PD, it's the end of the podcast. Say good night. Oh, good night.